0: Oh, that was a lame clap. Hopefully, this is the late-up episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Teed It Up. Uh, we're here for another week. Oh, it's also with C and V. I forgot about that. I'm C, as always. I'm here with V on a fine uh, Tuesday evening when we record this. What's going on, man? How have you been since the last episode?
1: Um, been good. Um, work's kind of been. Uh, I don't want to say slowish, but it's just kind of been trudging along the process of going to a direct hire they keep pushing my Arizona trip around uh, there's been like three different dates that we're supposed to do it in the last two days um, they still haven't really finalized anything so that's annoying but I guess it's just same old same old weekend was good um I know we watched uh, we watched the Pac-12 title game Friday night together um Saturday night had some fun with some friends no, nothing really out of the ordinary. nothing noteworthy at this point it's kind of a just another weekend what about you
0: I'm good, man. Uh, grinding through final season right now for the next um, uh, thirteen days. Um, so, so that'll be oh, or gosh. has been my life for kind of the last week, and will be for the next two. Um, When's I'm your last to, final? Uh, Monday the is that the nineteenth, the twentieth. So late. Yeah, it's it's really annoying because like my first one is Friday, like this Friday, and then. Then I go next Monday, next Wednesday, mm. and then all the way to the Monday after. So I have like four full, five days, four full days in between exams. That's like, whack. so I haven't even, I haven't even looked. What? That's whack. Yeah, it's whack. I mean, I haven't even looked at that stuff yet. I mean, I it's all outlined, but probably should, but yeah, no, I uh, just been out the grind kind of in between the grinds. We'll see. My motivation for studying usually goes downhill. After like nine nine thirty, but I'm good about doing w- work at seven eight a.m. So kind of works both ways. Um, but anyways, let's get into some more interesting, some more intellectually stimulating content in the sports of the balls. I don't know um, if just... I,
1: I don't know if I would consider us as intellectuals, but
0: for we're the same... intellectuals of the podcasting game of the sporting game. I'd consider us intellectuals. We go every single week. We have millions of people with listening to us <laughs> on our takes yeah um, we- for everything that is sports specifically mostly Michigan sports but anyways let's get into it uh the playoff is set college football we've kind of been throwing hypotheticals for the last few weeks now um and it's set it's here um a week of conference championships that to be honest a lot happened yeah it didn't was- really change much so yeah
1: um I mean There was there I I I say let's just go through the kind of the expecteds. Um, Michigan hammered Purdue. Yeah, it was kind of a typical Michigan game of this season. Um, I don't even say start out slow, but the game was close. First quarter, second quarter, then second half they just steamrolled. Yeah, Again, it's it's Purdue. I guess Purdue made it there. They were uh, the best of the worst in the Big Ten West, but nothing really there. Nothing was ever really going to change Michigan's two seed, barring a Georgia loss. But let's get into the next one. Georgia, dominant, absolutely dominant. Um, solidified the one seed. Not that there was ever really a question, even if they played a close game and Michigan blowed someone out. Um, it's just the the, the team's incredible. Yeah. Um, Setson Bennett does exactly what you need him to do. He's not going around trying to necessarily win games for people. He's just doing that kind of game manager role, and that's all Georgia needs because if you score 20 points on Georgia's defense, you did really, really well as an offense because they are phenomenal.
0: He reminds me a lot of kind of like Alabama quarterbacks from the years like 2010 to 2016. I can – they're just solid game managing college quarterbacks who, when you put five stars and best players in the country around him, like he's good enough to win you games at the college level. And he's not going to be the ever be the reason that you like, you know, what you're going to get from him. And it's it's not going to be the reason you lose ever, which I, is a quality that you want, I think. So, like, no one well, to him, he's a candidate for the Heisman this year. So,
1: no, stability of quarterback. And I don't even just mean stability of all like, you, you know who your quarterback is, you know what you're going to get from him. That kind of stability, that's that's a very key role depending on who you are as a program. Um that was huge for Georgia just they knew exactly what they would get from from one of from the most important position every week and they made sure that the rest of the team complemented that. And I actually really love that Alabama um comparison, the AJ McCarron, the Jake Coker's uh okay. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're older now, so I, I don't forget the other guys. I'm sure if the
0: name flashed above my head, I'd I'd see it. But that's exact that exactly my point. Where it's like it's like oh, they're AJ McCarron, AJ Coker. They're like names where you go, oh, who's the quarterback then? And it's like the the room of friends doesn't know, and then you have that one friend who's like like has their moment in the that's in the usually, conversation. That's yeah. usually us because we're nerds, right? Right, but that's who <laughs> Stetson Bennett is in
1: like six years from now. Uh, it's shame Stetson Bennett doesn't have the girlfriend that AJ McCarron did.
0: Yeah, that, those well, were magical times. Th- as yeah. I said, I'm a big pop culture guy. Which I mean, we could get a segment of me just talking about like Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, but I would yeah. rather not. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they're married now. I do know that. Good. You know, he had a stint. He had a stint where he was the backup for the Bengals. The backup for the Bills. Yeah, I mean, he had his four or five years of being a backup. Yeah. No, I mean, a relevant conversation. I, 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 could tell. No, so I just don't know. Really, on. I just
1: don't really know how to add to that because, like, what am I going to say? Oh, yeah, he just flamed out as a backup. Me, the best job in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we talked about kind of the inevitables: Michigan and Georgia. Kind of the clear one, two clear favorites going into this. TCU, probably the first team to ever lose their a game and stay in the same spot. Uh, uh, they lost, I believe so. They lost in overtime to Kansas State the Big 12 Championship. Um, heartbreaking loss. They were kind of lucky that they even got it to overtime. Uh, yeah, I, weird concept, but, like, I don't know. They were undefeated. They played a top. 10 team in the country and took him to overtime and played a very competitive game. Like, it's just kind of how the cards fell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Max, like, like, yeah, Max, like what's the (laughs) rationale? Well, quickly, like, okay, USC lost Friday night. We'll, We'll just get that out of the way. Absolute Choke job. Caleb Williams should win the Heisman. Next question. Ohio state feeds into that kind of at by default. Do you, and I think there's people out there that wanted to make this argument, like, how do you reward someone like reward someone for not playing a game for not for sitting on their butts at home and having popcorn watching Michigan play in a game that they've dominated the last decade like how do you do that and move get rewarded for that as opposed to a team that played and lost
1: i think the nature of the loss certainly played a role I think they didn't just lose. They got dismantled. Now, granted, Caleb Williams got hurt and it seems to be a pretty significant injury. I think they might have said that he doesn't even know if he can play in the bowl game. Um I think it was one of those where he he is a warrior. You love seeing that out of your QB, but I think but I want to say if I remember correctly, he got injured on that long run and then yeah. that was still in like the second quarter. And obviously he kept playing after that and just, he, he, his mobility just went, just got worse and worse. His, his, his ability to throw, forget about it, just run. He had no power off of that leg. And I think he did some, I, I just assume that he did some pretty severe damage. You got whopped for a second time. I mean, the first time wasn't uh first time wasn't like a, a, a beating, but you got, you got whopped by Utah and I know what you're saying. I, See, I'm more, I am, and
0: I'm more meant TCU. Like people wanted TCU to be four and Ohio oh, State to be three. Yes,
1: yeah, so I don't agree with that. Like, yes, in my heart, I wish I could watch a guaranteed OSU Michigan game in, in the playoff just because I think the ratings would be great. I think the game would be great, the tension would be great. However, logically, when you think about it with your head, there is no rationale for moving Ohio State above TCU, Whoever. especially not when they lost in overtime. Now, if Kansas State had beat them 150 to zero, maybe you turn around and say, well, but that obviously didn't happen and it obviously never would have happened. I just think it's one of those where I I don't I again I don't see the argument for keeping TCU or put pushing TCU behind Ohio State because oh yeah, they lost a game. You still have to look at their resumes as a whole. TCU right. has more top twenty five victories, more top twenty five games played, and more wins. It, it, it's just.
0: So it, it kind of speaks to the point that you were getting at and where do we value conference championship games? And well, we used to
1: value them greatly because TCU got screwed in the original playoff for not playing. one.
0: Right. So, but there's this like, I don't know, like it, it, it it's one, like, I don't know. Cause like you, you measure the resume to me. It's almost like, in putting TCU ahead, you measure the resumes before, and then the conference championship game for an undefeated team versus a one-loss team. Like you lose your one-loss team, like the tie goes to the runner in terms of you made you played the game. But it works the opposite way when their records are the same, and you lose a conference championship game, and you're out, like USC. So I don't like. It's just kind of a different standard to me getting on the USC argument. So
1: I think I don't see, I don't necessarily want to say standard. The one thing I do want to say is I think people sometimes forget just because the rankings do go in numerical order, the gap between three and four could be exponentially bigger between the gap and four and five when it comes to rankings, just because that says two or three, four, and five, doesn't mean the gap is always one team. Like, yes, like Literally, when you look at the number as the team plays, yes, it says 3, 4, or 5, but the gap in the committee standings, the gap in the AP standings, that can be so much bigger. And I think I think TCU, being 12-0, had just built up one of those insane leads that I'm saying where people said, oh, but they lost. They didn't lose by enough to get knocked down. Just because they say number three doesn't mean they have to lose. And I think a prime example was a couple of years back, I say a couple, oh my God, we're old. The Alabama LSU, when they played they, when they played each other, I think it was Bama lost in the regular season and the BCS computer still said they are better than everyone else. They said that those two teams were number one and two by such a big margin that just because Alabama lost, that did not mean that they should be warranted knocking down to three. And I think that's something where I think people lose sight of occasionally that just because the rankings are lateral in terms of the numbers, that doesn't always mean the gap's the same.
0: Okay. So you're saying that, that the gap there for TCU was to a degree yeah. where it, it made, it, it was almost moot. Um, yeah. I, whatever, I do agree. Whatever happened with the rest yep. of the country. Yeah. I, I, I can get behind that. Um, so obviously matchup wise, we can get into it a lot closer to it. Um, I don't know. So we, there's obviously George, Ohio state will be interesting. That's two of like five blue bloods now um, that, basically are kind of regulars to make it. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything early on. I don't, I don't really know how much I want to get into the matchups. I don't, I wouldn't want to either. I think
1: it's, I think it's still kind of early. I say, maybe we save the matchups for a later, for later episode, where maybe we, maybe do something special right before the the game. I don't know. It'll be tough. I'll be in Bulgaria for New Year's, but we'll figure that we'll burn that bridge when we cross it. No, I mean, if we do a quick overview, Georgia-Ohio State, that'll be a phenomenal game. Um, Michigan-TCU should also be a great game, but I, I do think it's it's less in doubt. I think Michigan wins, and I think Georgia wins as well, but I think Ohio State can put up a bigger fight than TCU can in the other game. Um, I guess there's my very, very quick synopsis of what's going on.
0: God, that would that would lead into just an absolute disaster on a Monday night. Having to watch Michigan play in a national championship that you'll never hear the end of. So, 1997 was 25 years ago, almost 26. uh, As December is the last month of the year. Yeah. We'll have to hear about this. Who knows? Who cares if they win it? They make this game. We, as Michigan state fans, we as people in the state of Michigan, will hear about this for twenty six years. We'll be forty nine years old, and we'll yeah, still I mean, be hearing about this.
1: It is what it is. Um I, I don't know. I don't really wanna I don't want to think about that. Um, I can't stand those guys, so I'll, like I said, I'll burn that bridge. For this one, if I cross it, I'll hope the Horn Frogs can pull something off. I'll hope Max Duggan can uh can put on his cape and just lead an incredible game. But I don't know. Uh,
0: moving on to the NFL. Uh, Vladdy, the Lions, 5-7, and seven dominating fashion, 40-14 to 14 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. A game that I kind of felt was the uh, – I said it last week on the podcast, I'll say it again. It's the next team up and that it's kind of one of those teams that really probably doesn't have a chance this year but like has showed promise and it's has both kind of showed oh they're still kind of bad they're bad franchises in general um but we have a lot of young potential and they they've shown flashes this year which one's going to show the bigger flash which one's going to strike gold and it was the Lions in dominating fashion
1: yeah i mean i was at that game um that was probably the most complete game I've ever seen. I mean, I'm going to say ever seen, but from the Detroit Lions, that's certainly the best I've ever seen them play under Dan Campbell. Um, Second play of the game, you're you're, you're knocking the ball out of ETN's right. hands. You're turning down the other side. They didn't punt. The Detroit Lions did not punt in that game. I know that's something we harped on the Lions' defense for allowing Seattle to do uh, to us uh, two, two, three months ago at this point. But we didn't punt. We again we played well on all facets. DeAndre Swift looked like he was out of the da do- Oh of my stroke. Swift looks like he was out of the doghouse and he still runs like a pussy. Um he 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 was a couple of plays. He could have maybe tried to run through contact, fall forward for an extra yard or two, or maybe find a wimpy tackler and keep going, but he just chose to run out of bounds. But they did give him more touches than they've done since probably week two. I think he had 14 carries and six, six or seven targets, a couple catches. So he was certainly out there, and hopefully that's kind of a sign going forward because as much as I love Jamal Williams, he gives him inspirational speeches and he's great on the goal line, but there are just things that he cannot do talent-wise and athleticism-wise that DeAndre Swift can, and we need that healthy going down the stretch if there is a playoff push to be made.
0: Um, yeah, he's never a guy that's like, I mean, Jamal, Williams, never a guy that's going to not a make you miss guy. He's kind he, of a, a modified power back. I wouldn't even call him a complete power I, back. I completely
1: like, agree. He's not so, some prime LeGarrette blunt at 240 pounds just running through you. I mean, yeah, he'll try and run into you. And he's a he's a bigger boy. But he, he yeah, he got that. But the perfect example It's a modified kind of hybrid type thing. But
0: yeah, so I I mean he's like a good and he's a good football player, a solid I want to say good solid football player, but he needs to be supplemented. Um and you see it when 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 they can do that two back rotation with him and the De, DeAndre Swift, it it opens things up. Both guys do different things. DeAndre Swift can get out of the backfield, make guys miss, catch passes, and it opens more things up for Jared Goff. It opens up things for the receivers who I I mean someone made the argument that the the Vikings have better or have worse skill guys than us. I think that's the worst argument I've ever heard in my life. Like, do you, you see jo- the you guys Jared Goff still Do you think throws Josh is listening to? right now? I, I hope he is. Do you see <laughs> the guy? Uh, outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, who does Jared Goff throw to Josh Reynolds? Hey, dude, he's got two games of DJ all season. Yeah, the Quintez Cephas? Is so he, he on the team? No, he hasn't played. <laughs> he's on IR. Uh, <laughs> he's throwing to Tom Kennedy, man. There's exactly. the Tom Kennedy. It's some random tight end they throw out there now that Hawkinson's hurt. No, and
1: it's uh, yeah, gone. I thought that was kind of a, I thought that was an interesting take
0: to listen, uh, hearing that at work today as well. But no, Bro, again. they have Jared, they have Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in football. Thielen's not bad. Thielen's yeah. better
1: than anything we have not named Amon That's
0: what I mean is like, like you just named two players that are like, one's significantly better than Amon Ra. Amon Ra's great. He's no yep. Justin Jefferson. And one is really, like, Adam Thielen is still solid. He's not like leaps and bounds behind Amon Ra either, so. I mean,
1: I mean, I also could throw in KJ Osborne and Jalen Breaker. Now you can say, oh, they suck, but someone from Minnesota could say the same thing about our guys that we just named right. that we think are all right. Just, just because you don't hear someone's name every day doesn't mean they suck. It might just mean they're a wide receiver three.
0: And I and I think I would take Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison over, um, Swift and Swift and Jamal. I think I would as yeah. well.
1: I take our offensive line though. We got a, we got a phenomenal
0: True. offensive line. But True.
1: no, I think we're we're straying way too far away from this, Josh. We love you. Bad take though. Um,
0: you're the king of bad takes, Josh. I really hope you're you probably doesn't even know this podcast exists. So I could just kind of just make an, another side note here: is you're the king of bad takes. Like if anyone listening. Please make a comment on Spotify if you can. Like, would you? Good. Okay, here's the hypothetical: Would you rather hit, let's say, a thirty-foot putt to win the Ryder Cup, a walk-off win in the Ryder Cup, or would you rather win the Masters by, I think it's ten strokes? I, I don't even know how. I don't even know how I sit, said that question with a straight face. It's genuinely the worst hypothetical I've ever heard. It's <laughs> it, it, it's straight blasphemy. The, the <laughs> Ryder Cup is every other year. No one watches it. The Masters champion, you are literally golf royalty for life. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> again, we strayed way too far. We started this with the Detroit Lions played well. We got in the Viking skill positions, and now we're talking about
0: golf. Yeah. I mean, let's let us get back to um... – So, let's get back to Lions' future. Lions so
1: they, postseason talk. Let's do it. Let's actually. I can't say the p word yet. I will say the p word if they beat the
0: Vikings uh this Sunday. I still think there's no chance. I think the Giants and the Commanders tying. Yeah, that did.
1: We, yeah, we can talk about that. That not. that just didn't hurt. That's fatal because now whatever one of those teams loses the next game, God forbid they they tie again. I mean, I don't. I didn't think that was a possibility, so I didn't really bring it up. But. Those two teams tying is fatal for us because now we have to go a full game better. Um, I think again that was a that was a that was crushing that nobody
0: could. Because uh... now you look at it and it's Seattle at seven seven and five. It has the last playoff spot. Uh, or actually, it's Washington at seven five and one. Yep. So like and so that. The Lions are the best team below five hundred. So there's no there's no five hundred teams. It's only yep. seven five and one seven five. So they're now what's that two and a half games behind with it, five no, to go, four to go.
1: Look, it'll it, it'll be tough. Nine and eight might not do it because of that tie because someone will end up being nine, seven and one between the Giants and the the commanders and that'll screw us. Yeah. But listen, if you can get to nine and eight, whether you make the playoffs or not, I think that's a successful season. Um I know. I mean, for I the think. I I mean, I would say it. I would say nine wins a year after bottoming out is successful for anybody. Whether or not you made the playoffs, I mean, this. We, do you remember what we were throwing to last year? Do you remember the team last year? I mean,
0: the, yeah, it was a Do you remember the team sundown. that Joe? The, do you remember the team the Bengals threw out when they won four games and Joe Burrow's knee got mangled, and then they made the Super Bowl the next year? I did. I I do
1: because it's basically the same team this year. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, that's a perfect way of doing it, but they. I'm also... just saying it's possible. No, I'm, I'm saying uh, yeah, it's it's possible, but like I, I also don't think that I, I do think that there should be some reference to where you were. As a, it's not a, It shouldn't always just be where you're where you're going. I think next year's a where you're going year, um, especially after taking a top five draft pick. Shout out Matthew Stafford for getting shut down. Um,
0: they lost again too yeah no Um. that pick according to the handy dandy ESPN app is good for it's good for the third overall pick right now
1: and I don't think I don't really see it getting any better I mean they no. just picked up what Baker Mayfield great what's he gonna do did they really yeah they they are the team that claimed Baker Mayfield
0: I didn't know that that's breaking news for me Wow <laughs> that's crazy I don't even know how to react to that this is the people on the air are just getting a live reaction of me reacting to Baker Mayfield that do you, okay kind of straying again but Baker Mayfield now on his third team what is he in year four I think? Yeah, that might be your uh, five. This might be his your name. five. I think he's a Lomar year. I think he's the same year. Lamar, yeah. um, he's got to go down as one of the biggest busts ever, right? I mean, or do or do like some the the mild mild success he had like years two and three. I would say, I
1: wouldn't again I wouldn't say biggest bust ever because he said there was a there was a one playoff game. Not everyone does that, even if you. There was some leadership ability, and eh, not really. There was some good play. I would just say that one of the things is he kind of got thrown under a bus by this first team he played. Um, he he had he had that hurt shoulder last year, and they're like, just go back, get 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 hammered. And yeah, did. and then it was like, oh yeah, we'll send you to Carolina. Carolina starts actively tanking. I mean, I'm not again. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and absolve him of blame because guess what? If you were good, you never would have left Cleveland. That That's not what happens to good QBs. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, my God, he's deliciously awful. It, it, I think, I mean, sure, he's a bust. He's number one pick, and he's going to be out of the league by year six. That's a bust. I, I don't know if I can throw on the all-time uh, ranking.
0: Uh, every single number one overall pick since 2008 – has stayed with the team that drafted him for at least five seasons. Mayfield, however, was with the Browns for just four and now already finds himself on a third team. Unfortunate. Um, Yeah, he is statistically, according to this article, the worst number one overall pick since Jamarcus Russell.
1: Fair enough. All right, then, maybe. We can throw him in the all-time debates, but
0: I don't know. But it's different because, like, he'll it, it, be one of those weird things. I mean, it's it's hard because, like, Sam Darnold's kind of in the same boat, even though like, he's the one that got to stay. Sam Darnold also wasn't the first overall pick. But, like, it's tough, though, because, like, Baker is, like, good enough where, like, he's going to stay around in the league. He might have to do, like, a Trubisky or, like, a Darnold did and be, like, a backup for a couple of years and then be, like, a role starter backup mentor thing kind of mm-hmm. deal, like what Trubisky did this year with the Steelers. Yeah. So, he is going to hang around to where, like, where does the argument for him being the worst really end by the fact that he's been in the league for so long, even if he hasn't necessarily been good? I don't know. It's That's, just a hypothetical.
1: Yeah, it's a hypothetical. And once again, how did we even find our way to the Baker Mayfield track? I mean, we're talking. The Rams.
0: About- the Rams. Oh,
1: the Rams, yes. Um. Once again, thank you, L.A., for falling off a cliff. Um. Maybe that sets us up with Will Anderson. We'll, we'll definitely do some episodes on mock drafts and who do we want, what do we want, situation wise. Um, no, I mean anything. Any other games you wanted to cover in the in the NFL?
0: I, uh, Bengals Chiefs was a great game. The the Joe Burrow is just icy icy cold. He you can owns, doubt that team so many times. they that kid Patrick finds Mahomes. a way to win big games against good teams. He owns Patrick Mahomes. 3 0 Um yeah, that, I don't isn't it four now? Or four. Weren't they, yeah, or whatever. I don't know, but maybe three. <laughs> three or four. Three and or four. Yeah. But yeah, like he's just so icy cold. When you watch him too, it's so interesting. Tony Romo said on the broadcast on Sunday. He compared him to Tom Brady and the way he gets the ball out, the way, how cerebral he can be, you know, at the end of games. And I actually don't hate that comparison because when you watch him, you don't really go, oh, my God. You don't – he doesn't wow you like a Patrick Mahomes or throw the ball as hard or as far as, like, a, a Josh Allen can. Like, there's not that wow effect when you watch him play, but the man just gets it done every I, single can time. Can I just
1: say one thing? Yeah. I said that. Eight months, ago, ten months ago, um, I said that to everyone. I think it was after the Super Bowl. Actually, I was like, "Look, you're looking at the kind of that triage of Joe Burrow is Tom Brady. There is not the athletic gifts, but mentally, he's just better than you, and and magically, he just always wins." I kind of threw Mahomes into the Peyton Manning type thing, where he could kind of just do those ridiculous things. And
0: see, but I don't, I don't know if Peyton Manning was ever that physically gifted. I think he was kind of known for his brain.
1: Yeah, that that's fair. Um, I don't know. I guess I just threw that around. I, mean, I know I, I, I labeled Josh Allen a little bit of a Ben Roethlisberger, at least early stage kind of guy. I hope he pans out much better because I think Roethlisberger was largely average post-2010. Hall of Famer. I'm sure he is. He also doesn't know what consent is.
0: <laughs> no means no. That's right, Ben. <laughs> oh lord uh yeah so joe burrow all right michigan state basketball that's enough nfl today uh, michigan state basketball we're gonna get into them a lot more um kind of as football season slows down and basketball heats up here uh over the next month it, we're gonna get a lot of msu basketball talk they're just so easy to rant about especially the last three seasons like, like it's we're just, not good. It's just so easy. It's not that we're not good. We're just so average. I think so average gives you, like, such highs of, like, such potential sometimes to where, like, when they do kind of go back to the median, so to speak, like, it's just so infuriating because they gave you that taste. Um, but since we last spoke, they got absolutely dummied by 17. It could have been 37. Against Notre Dame at Notre Dame last week. And then Sunday night at home at the Breslin, your Big Ten opener, you lose to a Northwestern team who's made the tournament once in their existence. Um, Did, has done most of this season without Malik Hall and Jaden Akins. So I kind of gave them a pass. Jaden Akins played a bit in the Northwestern game. So to me, it's, it's, and I do think like Malik Hall when healthy is, right up there for i don't know if we have a best player but could be argued to be our best complete player uh so i get that but i like 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 i said he's not a our definitive best player he could be our best player he is some nights some nights he, he he loves to disappear just like joey hauser does just like tyson walker does all our best players do so i i mean I don't think it's that big of an excuse to be losing these games because of it. And I know it was a huge excuse and the Notre Dame game, I'm not going to put too much weight into because listen, I know you played th- what three games in five days. You did two West coast trips in two weeks. It was obviously coming off Thanksgiving break. And then you go and have to go. I don't even know if they went back to East Lansing and less than 48 hours later have to play at, in Indiana. Like that's a tough, tough atmosphere, tough turnaround their kids you expected them to lose. You would have liked to see them play a competitive game and not get the lights shot out of them 10 minutes into the game, but excusable Northwestern at home, not excusable. And now the questions go is this is just not a good basketball team. So I, I, that's, that's my opening rant. I'll, I'll leave the floor to you for your opening statements on this team.
1: No, I mean, the one thing that you said, oh, he could have been our definitive best player. I mean, I think we talked about this when previewing them or maybe after whatever the Gonzaga-Kentucky or game. But there's no alpha on this team. Every guy is prone to disappearing. Every guy is prone to saying, uh-oh, I tripped and fell and I had a good three-game stretch. It's just it's, there's no consistency, there is no idea of what you're going to get out of this team, there's I don't want to say there's no leadership, but it, you're missing that Tom Izzo staple veteran point guard. Um, I would have hoped that Hogard could kind of take that mantle as a junior at this point, but it looks like maybe he's
0: one year away, maybe. He just, he just can't shoot. Like, you he know, loves to, he, it he, doesn't have to so be so a... physical and can get to the basket, but my God, does he turn the ball, which is an Izzo trait, I know. Oh, I, I was going to I was gonna get to those over. things.
1: I was going to get to those things. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just one of those, again, he doesn't have to be able to shoot to be that veteran point guard. I mean. But he doesn't get,
0: create off, he doesn't create shots for him. So
1: again, that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, i am not, am veteran point guard doesn't mean he's got to drop 20 a game. I'm just saying you missed that. I mean, Keith Appling pre-wrist surgery. I mean, Kalen Lucas was good. You had, I mean. I'm not going to say Cassius, because Cassius, I think, is the second best player to ever put on the uniform. Um, you're running around. You had again. You you had your Denzel Valentine for a while. It's just they're right. missing that leader that I thought AJ Hogarth could have been as a junior. Maybe he needs another year. Maybe he's just not that guy. But they're it's it's infuriating. Let's let's get to the the Uber infuriating things. Yeah, they. They don't value the ball. Um, they turn it over at an incredible rate. Um, I could, I probably can't count the amount of times over the last 12 months. I probably sat down and, and like texted my friends. Averaging a turnover a minute is not a good way to win basketball games. Um, I think the free throw shooting's gotten a little better. I know that's something else I used to love ranting about because yeah. we were consistent 60%, 65% as a team shooters, and that's just unacceptable.
0: Well, and I think uh, you, you shoot a lot of free throws because the team is, and Sissoka was great the first two games. The team sucks inside. They have nobody that can score or create. And like I said, college basketball, because of the NBA not being the big man league has made college basketball the big man league is can you get someone that can make shots hit shots down low create offense down low they don't have that Kohler doesn't bring anything offensively he's been fine Sissoko doesn't finish consistently at the basket
1: yep. Joey
0: Hauser for being a four I mean you hate Joey Hauser I res- I think Joey Hauser has a great role and he's a great catch and shooter catch catch and shoot or He's great at catching and shooting, I think is how you should say that. But he, he doesn't create anything off the dribble for himself, and he's just not physical enough down low to create any offense. There's, there's no the, there's, offense from the There's spies. no
1: dog. I mean, if you want to turn him into Kenny Goins, I'm all right with that. Kenny Goins was a fan, fantastic player for the role that he needed to play. But don't sit here and say, oh, he's a great catch and shooter, and then turn around and say, well, he's our best player, because then one of two things is true. Either he's not your best player, or your team is god awful. I, I do. I don't.
0: I don't think he's our best player, but I know. I, I know
1: what you. I know what you meant. Is he can he can explode? He can drop twenty. He can drop a twenty ten game. Not everyone can do that in college. I know. Yeah, like
0: he like bo- he he belongs in the starting lineup. Yeah.
1: And again, maybe that's just a symbol of how far this program has fallen. Is that we're sitting here having this discussion about how a dude who we thinks best role is a catch and shoot guy. Is labeled one of our better players. That's God. I need this recruiting class to show off, and God, I need them to not suck,
0: or else I was gonna going to say on. it's a it's it's turning in early on. I mean, a December won't really bring much. I think they play Penn State tomorrow, and then they play a bunch of Mac schools basically the rest yep. of the month. Um, so like it won't say much, but like as an MSU fan early on, it looks like it's a year you're praying the streak continues as a nine or 10 seed again. And then you look forward to next year, and all these big recruits. I don't know if I'm Finally, for the got one of those classes. What? I don't know if I'm praying for the streak okay, I've told you this. I want yeah, to. I don't see turn. any benefit in college basketball to the streak ending. The like benefit you is your coach sits down and says, "Wait a minute.
1: Maybe I should try and figure out a way to not average seventeen turnovers a game." Maybe I should sit down and emphasize some other form of something. Maybe I should figure out a way to coach against – or run an offense against a high school zone. I, it's just
0: – So it, you're saying he won't make an adjustment out of like, oh, it's working. Yeah,
1: out. it's one of those where you have to hit rock bottom to realize you're there.
0: You can't yeah, just float above it and think that argue. you're – I'd almost argue Izzo is so secure and so like towards the end of his, you know that he, he just doesn't care. Year. He's marked he in the five, a five year deal and that, yeah, he they, like he's not gonna change no matter what. So well, I don't really think that really means anything. Enjoy
1: nine seats, man.
0: That's I, I I don't doubt that. And especially if like this recruiting class comes in and say two of those big three recruits are one and duns or whatever, like it's really not gonna change much moving forward for the program.
1: I mean, maybe it changes the optics, and maybe more one and done kids show up. And I, I, I just look at
0: Max Christie. He was a one and done. <laughs> he's he's he on the on worst the Lakers, team. In is
1: he still on the Lakers roster? Or is he? Yeah, is he, he, he
0: plays like he plays most games. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's 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 see what happens when you Google Go to Max Christie. It's
1: probably going to tell you to probably going to take you like an author. No, that's academic. <laughs> never mind.
0: Basketball reference. He's played 10 games this year. He averages three points and two rebounds.
1: Hey, that's that's a phenomenal player. Um, yeah, Max Christie should have come back. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have much more to say about this basketball team. It's one of those where, like you said, we'll talk more about him. Maybe not in December because December is usually a month of blah because after this Penn State game tomorrow night, we do go to play all the Kind of the small schools and fill up our win column for having to sit there and fight just to get to 500. Um, I don't know. Um, it's also still too add?
0: early to say anything so so significant. Oh yeah, they
1: they played they've played nine games. I mean, I understand it's it could be a bad stretch and you could hit a good spurt. It's it's obviously there's always the possibility for something else. It's just I haven't seen anything that proves me otherwise. Oh us. Yeah. Oh, screw boo boo. Um, dude, he's a Spartan killer. I, I, I'd I love to use other words, but I don't think I can on this podcast. So, screw boo boo.
0: That kid is our age, still playing college basketball. He's in 99 birth year. It's gonna be
1: Stetson Bennett, dude's gonna have his dude's gonna be on his own insurance playing against 19 year olds.
0: Uh, anyways, moving on to the World Cup, kind of the big thing Woo! going on right now. We've advanced since we last talked. Uh, from the pool pit play stage to the knockout mm-hmm. rounds, the, the U.S. Good is good out. That's, that's all I know, that the U.S. is out, that they got killed. It sucked. I watched it. It's was painful. It was so painful that I probably won't watch another game for the rest of the tournament. So, <laughs> so, 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 so tell what me. you're
1: saying is I should take it take over now? So tell me about
0: the World Cup.
1: All right, so I'm going to go all the way back to – to the end of the group stage, because I think there was some, uh, I think there was some pretty good, uh, some pretty valuable stuff since we last spoke. Um, you kind of had those magical, um, those magical days. So the last day of the World Cup, match day three, is always entertaining because you play both games at the same time. You don't want, because you don't want collusion. I know we, I think we briefly touched on this last time, but. Um, since we spoke, um, you had probably the two most exciting days were the Thursday, the Friday games. Um, you had um, Croatia play Belgium in a pretty entertaining game where the, the Belgian forward Romelu Lukaku completely sold. I mean, I would actually encourage you to watch his highlights or a little compilation of his misses because he had four Four clear-cut chances where you would say, I might be able to score that, and he missed all of them, and all he had to do was score one for Belgium to continue, but he didn't. Croatia went through, they knocked Belgium out. Um, Then in the afternoon on that Thursday, you had probably the most entertaining kind of uh, hodgepodge of games, so you had Germany playing Costa Rica and Japan playing Spain. So in that in that kind of hypothetical, all of the teams were alive and all of the teams could have, well, no one was secured for the knockout. So it started kind of what you would expect the two powerhouses, Germany and Spain, they took a lead. Um, as those things had stood, Germany and Spain would have gone through. Then Japan decided that they were bored, so they scored two goals. They turned it around on Spain. As that stood, that meant that Germany was now out. And they could do nothing about it because they would have to score a ridiculous amount in Costa Rica to catch up to Spain's goal difference to, to knock them out that way. Um, so Germany started pressing. I think they were up one nothing. That They were like, wait, we need to score 7. So they start pressing. Obviously, you, you, you push guys forward, you leave spaces in behind. Costa Rica scored twice. At that point, Spain and Germany were both out for about 10 to 15 minutes. Then the Germans scored three goals. Spain didn't score again. And you had Japan go through as group winners. Spain went through as, uh, as kind of a second place team, but just that kind of 10 minute span. I know I was in work. I, I ended up texting one of my buddies. I was like, Hey, pull up a laptop, put it next to your TV and FaceTime me. I'm going to sit there quietly on the phone, watching both games, but I want to be able to watch both games. And so Max, thank you very much, sir. Um, it that's was, a true friend. No, that's a that's a true friend. He's, Max is a great kid. Um, but we sat there and we and I, I'm just vibing, and it was great. Um, I would have liked to see Germany and Spain go out, uh, or and Spain go out, but they took care of that today by losing. Tough um, bracket,
0: I didn't know Germany and Spain were in the same bracket. Yep. Um, again, I mean,
1: the one thing I'll say about the Germans, I don't really have to go too far into it because it's probably not worth the time, but if they cared as much about actually playing the sport as they did about trying to teach other countries about human rights, maybe they would still be in this world cup. Um, After that, you kind of had, again, the, the, the Friday games were kind of similar in the sense um, some hypotheticals, uh, South Korea beat Portugal and uh, saved themselves a spot in the knockouts. Uruguay, uh, they won two nothing. They beat Ghana, but despite that they got knocked out. Um, They needed one more goal to go through but never came. Um, Brazil lost to Cameroon. Switzerland beat Serbia, and there wasn't really much on that Friday. It was just kind of the teams that had won all their games resting their players for the knockouts. Um, then let's, let's get into kind of the, the big one, like you said, the one that, I mean, most of the country, not most, but a decent amount of the country probably tuned in for, Netherlands, U.S. Um, a just pathetic defensive performance by the united states um they scored the same goal three times yeah. cutting it across the box nobody marking the defender in the box and tapping, tapping, tap in lose 3-1 to a better team I've, the goal that we scored was one of the coolest things i think i've ever seen just the way it kind of popped up off the off i think it's haji wright's foot I've never, I've never seen anything like the, the way that ball kind of looped over his foot because the way it was angled, I didn't think it was possible. But it, it looped up, it went in, gave everybody some hope for about 10 minutes until we forgot how to defend again.
0: Um, Call me crazy, too. I, like, didn't did like like you said, as a non-soccer savant, like, even I could tell that those, like those are just tapping, break, break, yep. super bad breakdowns defensively. But, like, Aside from those just absolute bonehead breakdowns, like I thought we actually carried play more than them. Aside from that, the rest of the game.
1: I mean, a li- I think a little bit of yes and no. I would say, um...
0: or is that just them kind of going defensive because they had a two?
1: That's what I was going to say. Is I mean, th- you go up to nothing. You just it's kind of like in football; you start playing prevent defense, and yeah. it, the only thing it does is prevent you from winning. Um but no i mean yeah they if you want to say that they played a a straight up game in the in the kind of the middle of the field i think that's a fair statement i think our midfield's very good but um we we lack defenders and we lack a striker to be able to score goals i mean we scored two goals all tournament and mm. um one of them i will absolutely deem a fluke i mean absolutely deem a fluke because it was it just wasn't it was three, three goals, three goals, three goals. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot the uh, the original goal against Wales, but yeah. So it is what it is. Um, you had uh, Argentina beat Australia uh, in a game that, at the end, was much closer than it should have been. Argen- Ar- Argentina went up two nothing. Australia got kind of a lucky redirect goal, and then they kind of did the classic thing. They pushed forward and. Argentina could have scored 17 goals. I'm slightly exaggerating, but they could have scored so many goals that just somehow never went in. And right at the end, Australia had two chances to send it to extra time, and they missed them. I'm disappointed because I hate Lionel Messi, and I wish he would have lost to the Land of Spiders. But um, after that, you had France murder Poland, England murder Senegal. Um, I watched the England-Senegal game um, on or in Ford Field. It was kind of entertaining.
0: What did you do? Did you just have your phone on? Yeah, I just threw,
1: threw on Fox. Um, no, but the kind Psychopathic of...
0: Psychopathic event... move, by the way. You're I at a don't... live sporting event, and you're throwing different ones on your phone. I
1: don't care. It's the World Cup. The Lions will play 65 games before there's another World Cup. I don't care. <laughs> um, after that, I mean, Monday's games were awesome. I almost had a heart attack at work watching uh, Croatia-Japan. Uh, Japan went up 1 nothing. Croatia scored a great header to kind of tie it up and end up going to penalties. Where the the so there's been two penalty shootouts. I get to the second one later, but the Croatian keeper was an absolute hero, saved three penalties. I think that's a record, or oh, at wow. least a tied record. Um, so you got that. Brazil murdered South Korea. This afternoon, Portugal murdered Switzerland. Um, I guess the only newsworthy stuff there was the fact that Ronaldo got benched. And oh, wow. Yeah, so he got benched, and Portugal played phenomenally, so I could see them sticking with that. Um, the only thing I'll say is I'm not always sure that this game would have ended the way it did if it wasn't in this format of a game, because you go up one nothing. And like we just said with everyone else, the other team has to come out of their shell and they have to start attacking you because guess what? Losing one nothing doesn't help you because you've still lost. And so, oh. I mean, Portugal starts piling it on. So, we'll see how they do in the next round. Uh, this was this was kind of the big upset. Um, this last game I'll get to was Morocco against Spain. Um, they played 120 minutes of 0-0. And I was talking about this with uh, with Peter. And Peter said a perfect thing. That was the type of game that makes people who don't watch soccer consistently hate the sport. The Span the Spanish play the most boring soccer on planet Earth, and it's just pass, 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 but all of their passes don't go anywhere. It's like their they're two center backs are just giving the ball to each other back and forth, while the other team has 11 dudes behind the ball. It's like, you don't scare me. It would, it, and and for some reason people are like impressed. They're like, oh my God, Spain had eleven 1, hundred passes in the game, and guess what? Eight hundred of those was the defense passing to the defense, passing to the defense, passing to the defense, and then working it right back around. Nobody cares. I first of all, I I mean, I despise the Spanish national team, um, which is interesting coming from a Real Madrid fan. But they got a they have a coach that's incredibly skewed towards Barcelona players, so. Screw him. Um going, I mean, this the, the penalty shootout itself was kind of similar to the Japan-Croatia one. The Moroccan goalkeeper stood on his head. Uh he saved two and the third one missed. They hit the post, but he would have saved it if it was on target because he was he guessed right every time. He was he was absolutely living rent-free in the Spanish players' heads. And what was funny about that was the Spanish player's coach was like hey, guys, I want all of you to take 1,500 penalties a year with your club team because we have to be ready because Spain has been knocked out of the last three tournaments in penalties, and they got knocked out again in penalties. So I was incredibly happy. Um, I think the Spanish are frauds. I think they play trash. Like, just – they play – it's so boring to watch. It's so – at the 90th minute, like, when the the regular time ended – there had been two shots on, on goal combined for both teams. Oh, my God. No, it was – like I said, it is the type of game where if I had asked you, hey, Connor, you want to watch this game with me? It's it's the World Cup round of 16. It's a big game. You probably would have punched me in the head after. It said, why would you make me do that? <laughs> it was terrible, and the Spanish being gone is good because they're a big name, but they're trash to watch, and I don't want to see them on my screen. So. All right. So, I mean, you got – so we're we're in the quarterfinals. We got some – there's some juicy matchups. I mean, Croatia-Brazil, Friday morning at 10. Uh, I'll be watching that with a buddy of mine. He's Brazilian, so we'll have a lot of fun. He's got his team. I've got my team. Um, Brazil's probably heavily favored, but you never know. Um, Netherlands-Argentina Friday afternoon. That'll be a great game. I, I think it's tough to kind of predict who would be favored there, but I guess we'll see. Um, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. is Morocco, Portugal. Um, that is going to be, I think, an incredible game because, again, Morocco play a really nice um, – they play really well, attacking, fluid. It's entertaining to watch. Their fans are – I mean, I assume it's because Morocco's close to Qatar, but they had about 30,000 fans in a 40,000-person stadium. I mean, it was – the crowd was incredibly skewed. It was beautiful to watch, and I really like them. I would probably still want Portugal to go through for the Ronaldo stuff, even though he's on the bench now, but I would not hate it. And I would absolutely root for them in the semis. They would also, this is a fun fact, there has never been an African team to make the semis in the world cup. So they have a chance to make history against Portugal on Saturday. And then the last game is England, France. That is a game where, to be honest, I would probably root for a natural disaster to strike and just both of those teams lose um
0: so what was I, that game again
1: england france i oh. i despise the english and i'm not a really big fan of the way the french play i think they kind of play like terrorists given the amount of attacking talent they have so
0: um, so who do you like
1: <laughs> i mean in the international world it's really it's tough because like you don't see these a, team you don't see these teams, players
0: right
1: yeah see like you, again you don't see these teams play often like I can't root for Bulgaria because they're not going to – they're never going to make a major tournament again because they're – I mean, I could keep to a rant about that. But, um, I mean, it's not like Bulgaria is going to be there. I personally don't like um, the way soccer is taken in the United States, so I don't really root for the U.S. either.
0: Um, the way soccer is taken? The, yeah, so
1: I don't like the MLS, their lack of promotion and relegation. I don't like the way they treat it, like franchises, opposed to actual teams. Like, you know why teams in the United States are called franchises? Because your success is guaranteed no matter how bad you are. Sign the Detroit Lions. They've been garbage for a hundred and fifty million years. The T Rex was Detroit. on the was on the planet since the last time the Lions did something. And they still worth five billion dollars. That's right. not that's not a team, that's a franchise. And so I I, I despise the way they do that. Um I'm not a fan of the way recruiting's done in college. Um, I think 30% of international player or 30% of all college players in the United States are foreigners. I think that's not some, I don't think that's a sustainable model or that's not a model that breeds success. Um, Interna- I, mean, okay. yeah, that and what I guess what I mean by internationals is it's all 18 year olds who weren't good enough to get in their hometown teams in Belgium or Netherlands. And so they're, they, they love the sport. They want to keep playing. The United States offers them a path. It's not their fault, but it's the fault of the colleges for taking them. If you're going to take a kid who's not good enough to get into his own hometown team, why do? You, what are you running for? How are you? Why don't you give it to an American kid who might turn out to do something? Now, obviously, I understand. The guys who are really good and the guys who most likely are going to help you out, they're not going to college. They're going right to Europe. But if you look at the starting goalie for the United States, he played D3 college. I told you. He was on the not top 10. I told Justin, he's on the not top 10. And he thought about quitting. He had only played soccer for four years, but he stuck with it and it worked. I think you cut out those hypotheticals from ever happening by giving that many kids or that many foreigners a shot in the United States. I don't like this note. uh, The thing that really boils my blood is when you have like yeehaw yankee boy who's like oh, if our best athletes played the sport we'd be sick and it's like who do you think goes out there do you think christian pulisic is obese do you think tyler adams is a quadriplegic like (laughs) they're athletes you don't play you don't play soccer you can't out athlete someone in soccer yes it helps if you can run a little bit quicker and maybe jump higher but none of that matters if you don't know what to do with the ball where to go with the ball how to stop the ball when to pass the ball where to pass the ball who to pass it to where to move soccer
0: is soccer is kind of like hockey to me and that like the it's the it's the sport where yeah like obviously extreme speed in any sport is is a given size um, yeah you can't size helps and all that but for the most part uh good soccer players and good hockey players on the street look like normal people
1: yeah i can actually i can get behind that um I don't think I can ever sit here and tell myself like, Oh, if I saw some famous soccer player, I wouldn't recognize him because I would. But I think for hockey and maybe you for soccer, if I saw some of those guys, I wouldn't know who they are.
0: Right. They just look like normal people. Yeah. No. And it's, they're just in shape people. Yep. Yeah, and I, or I opposed just, to like basketball. They're freakishly tall yep. and and football. They're freakishly they're, they're thick. Built, and it's like, a, yeah. it's a
1: different sport. It's continuous. There is no set place. So like again, athleticism helps in set play because guess what? I can line up Jamison Williams on the line of scrimmage, and I can tell him, put your head down and start running. And then five seconds later, we can try it again. It's kind of hard to do that in soccer because guess what? They they get to move with you, and once you go offside, you go offside. There actually isn't a benefit to being behind the team sometimes. If you're too fast, you're offside. Right, right. So, it's again, it's just one of those where – I, I don't like the way the sport's taken in this country. I, I do I, I think that and there's a slight shift. I the the one thing that really used to annoy me and i I'm glad that it's done now is they used to have an MLS combine where they'd make all these guys start doing the forty yard dash in the six cone and I'm assuming they made them do bench press and it's like for what? Lionel Messi was five foot seven and had an imbalance to so the point where he needed HGH just to get to, to get to Barcelona. If he came out of the United States, he probably never would have played. They would have said, Oh, you're not athletic enough. You're not big. Luka Modric, my favorite player, and probably one of the three or four best center midfielders of all time. He's not very athletic. He's just smarter than you. He knows what you're going to do before you know what you're going to
0: do. So you would like to see more. I would like uh, them to adopt skill, a European Yeah. I would like, like them to smaller, adopt a more European more... style. More style of play stuff and, as yep. opposed to just going with athletes and focusing yep. on and and building the, athletes.
1: Yeah, and, there's, and they're, like, they're starting to get there. Maybe I change my stance when I see it, but I just – it it frustrates me. So, when it, I know we started all of this rant with who do you root for. I root for players – or I root for the teams that have Real Madrid players on them. So, Croatia, Brazil, um, France has got a couple. I mean, Portugal's got Ronaldo, so got to root for him. But it's kinda of one of those things. I don't know. It's I, I, I root for entertaining soccer, I guess. I, I root for goals. I don't root for Spain playing on my TV. I don't root for 0-0. Um I root for <laughs> I don't root for flopping. I, I I root for something that can promote the sport. <laughs> okay. And then I guess I root against Argentina. And against England. And yeah, well, France I got a couple of Real Madrid players on them, so like I'm still slightly indifferent, but they they also do have Mbappe, so can't support that.
0: Anything else in the World Cup you would want to get into before we make our closing remarks for today?
1: No, I mean the semifinals are next week, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so I'm sure I'll mention the one that's already been played or if we do it later in the week, maybe both been played and we'll kind of go from there. But no, I've kind of covered it probably a little bit more in depth than I would have thought we did. Oh, the one thing I did want to mention, um, speaking about Real Madrid, so I, I know I texted you for this, and not that this really means anything to whoever might be listening, but it's more of just a mind-boggling thing. We just spent $72 million I don't even know if it's dollars; it might be euros, on a sixteen-year-old kid in
0: Brazil. That's crazy. <laughs> it's absurd. He can, like, legally. I mean, obviously they have a different legal system, but like, a defense to a contract is like infancy, like being below the age of eighteen. Like, kind of, like how did? And you just give seventy-two million dollars? No, in we the contract, didn't give like him this,
1: seventy-two million dollars. We gave the team he plays for seventy because. With, I mean, with soccer, you have to pay the team they, that the guy plays for, and then you got to pay him an actual wage.
0: You have to buy him out.
1: Yeah, effectively. You have to – yeah. yeah I, it's it's more or less just you have to pay whatever that team is willing for them to kind of, like, relinquish your contract. I don't really know exactly how it, like, legally works in a sense, but it, it's, it's um, funny. So who is he's, this kid? Uh, Endrick. He's he's widely regarded as probably the best Brazilian talent since Neymar. So obviously the potential's there. That's why you're spending that much money on him. Um, the one thing I will say though is, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. It's just, and again, it's it's incredible that this is happening. Um, I mean, he was oh, born oh, in oh, here's 2006. Here's what I was gonna say. He can't even join us until the summer of 2024. Why? Because he doesn't have a European Union passport, so he can't sign a work visa. Or he can't get a work visa from Spain.
0: <laughs> so where was he playing? Oh, he's playing in he's Brazil. He's Brazilian,
1: yeah. yeah. So, he, he, I mean, he plays for his hometown team. He plays for the team. Whatever, uh, the team's called Palmeiras. And so <laughs> he can't even join us for 18 months.
0: I'm looking at this guy's Wikipedia right now. It's It's... He's only played. He's only played in seven games for this Palmeiras team, too. Yeah, he.
1: Yeah. Um. So the. Yeah. So much of the. That's the other thing, that's kind of is much of the hype and much of the talent is what he did in the youth teams, like you yeah. just said. He has only played a handful of games for for the for the kind of the first team, the professional team. So, I mean, he'll stay there. He'll be there for the next eighteen months. He'll participate in the next. I guess it's just. One, one and a half uh, Brazilian leagues get some more exposure playing against guys. But I, I have watched a little bit of him just because we've for a long time kind of been linked to him. And so I kind of wanted to see like once he kind of broke through the first team and the games that he was playing were actually on TV. Um, I was like, oh, so what is this kid? He does play. He does play really well. He's technical. And the one thing I'll say is he might be 16. He doesn't look like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm at pictures. Yeah, yeah, He's
1: he like there's 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 some mass on the kid. It's not just oh, it's like he's 115 pounds soaking wet, and you're like waiting for him to hit puberty. Like there's some physicality to him. There's some there's some speed, and the other thing is you don't even know if he's done growing yet. He's 16. You, you never. Yeah. I mean, to, what would you say? It's till 18, 20, 20 maybe that you, he might be done growing. So always room for more. So it's not my money. I'm happy that we have him. Again, best Brazilian talent since Neymar. We're kind of becoming a little Brazilian factory, which is awesome because they're fun. But <laughs> scored
0: 165 goals in 169 games. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, again, it, it, it'll be fun. Uh, is that a lot? Uh, is like is, is a goal a, like, a goal a game is just getting to a goal a game is stupid. Like okay. Like, like, what was, like, Messi and Ronaldo at in their primes?
1: At their prime, it was, like, slightly more than a goal game. Okay. It, it was, again, it's just – but, again, I don't think you can – I don't think you sh- can or even should use them as yeah. barometers because they are the two greatest players that have ever played the sport. Um, right. I know there's Pelé's, Maradona's, but I think they played so long ago, at least especially Pelé uh, – Pe- Pelé – he played so long ago that he was playing against dudes who just, like, didn't really defend the way that people defended against Ronaldo and Messi. He's playing, he was playing against – again, I don't want to use the plumber argument because they were athletes then, but he was playing against guys who didn't take care of themselves the way that players do now because they have to. Um, just, again, they're the two greatest players ever. I, I I don't like it when people use them as comparisons because you're never going to see it again. Right. And if you do, it's going to be crazy. But it's it's good. I I I I'm excited. Um, I'm sure that 18 months from now, and then I guess even that it, it'd be almost two full years. So what about I? I'll, I'll be almost turning 26. Well, let me let me count this out because I'm kind of slow. Um, so I turn 24 next year. I would be almost 25 when this guy can play for us.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Quarter quill.
1: Yeah, that's that's no bueno, but it'll it'll be fun. Um, it'll, it'll be entertaining. Um, okay, I, I don't really have anything else to add. That was just kind of one thing. I I did want to keep it more towards the just kind of the the business aspect of. it. I know when we first started this pod, we were like we want to we want to kind of throw that in there too, because I know we both find that incredibly fascinating. Kind of the, the the numbers behind the sports as well, not just what you see on the field, but
0: Yeah, maybe when football season's over, we can do a little bit more business talk, like sports business talk.
1: I'd be entertaining salary caps, why they're not real,
0: franchise tags. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think when we have more time, like kind of that, like that, like February to like April, where like we'll have March Madness and then just like regular season hockey and basketball, and it's gonna be like yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. We're gonna have to get creative for what we talk about. That's what I mean. It can turn into, but we can do a little more sports business stuff. Yep.
1: I like it. But no, I mean, any last remarks?
0: Anything? Anything you got? No, man. Uh, just gonna say, manifest uh, my ascent as a contract term. If you need mutual and consideration to have a contract. Um, so I'm gonna manifest good vibes until we talk and then i pass these two exams three exams probably until we talk next
1: so okay uh i'll talk to you more about that just kind of off uh, off there but
0: um nice to to, it. <laughs> yeah now
1: to everyone who's made it this far thank you very much for listening um we we got to get a little bit better with uh kind of sharing this out again i, I know I, I got a little bit more free time than you might so i gotta get i gotta get better with that but share with share with family share with friends throw it at your dentist I don't know um yeah we but we we do really appreciate it if you made it this far and I guess I'll leave everyone with a kind of go green I guess
0: bye y'all